One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller. Today, I have with me a guest. You may call him a celebrity because I found him on a, 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 a new series done by Helium 10 called Elevate. I've got Mina Elias. Welcome, Mina. What's up? What's up? So um, there I am, you know, seeing what Helium 10 is doing and, and like they're creating this like series and I'm reluctantly watching it, but like, oh, it's interesting. And, and to be honest, I liked your story. Like it was transparent as who you are. And there was a few things that I was like, okay, he's, uh, I want to bring him on the podcast. I want to talk about uh, a few things that you have experience with, but first off, like, tell us actually a little bit more about um uh, maybe a little bit of your story and like, you know, what, uh, how Helium Ted, uh, their Elevate series covered it. Okay. I love it. So uh, my story uh, real quick in, in 2011, I came to America. I studied chemical engineering and chemistry, uh, you know, graduated top of my class, uh, got my master's in industrial engineering, worked in that field, you know, the whole engineering field. I did a bunch of things. So chemical, mechanical, uh, civil engineering, just a bunch of different jobs. Uh, but I hated, like, I felt like I was kind of like enslaved by the nine to five. Um, you know, and, and my boss brought me in one day and she said, Hey, like, you know, I want you to, to take over my position in the next five to 10 years. Da, da, da. And I thought like, okay, that's it. I'm hitting that peak, right. Uh, of like, you know, the, the journey the, uh, that I wanted to go on, which is graduate, get good grades, work in corporate and all that stuff. And then I was like driving home, man. I was like, my life is miserable. I'm going, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, hit the gym, you know, going to work uh, nine hours a day. And and uh, I feel like my life is, is you know, it's, it's a grind. I, yeah, it's uh, like, I, I don't have a life. Like, I feel like my life is being stolen from me. And it, it it's the worst thing because it feels like I, ha- I have the ability to stop it. I'm just not doing anything about it. So I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. And it just so happened that at the time I was reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that compounded. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the the nine to five, like hamster wheel. I, I, said, love, I, I love that book, man. I, amazing I, book. I flew through it. Yeah, incredible book. And honestly, it really opened my eyes because it was at that time when I just had that feeling inside me, like, Mina, what is this? What is this life? Like, this, is this what you really signed up for? Is this what your next 30 years is going to look like? And then at the same time, Robert Kiyosaki saying, dude, this nine to five, you know, get good grades, get a good job. It's a scam, blah, blah, blah. And, and then it's like the light kind of turned on. So I, I've always been passionate about supplements ever since I was a kid, uh, yeah. uh, like as, as early as 12 well, years old, like naturally. Well, yeah. So I wanted to bring you on to talk about supplements because there's a lot of unique features um, that make it really competitive. It's obviously one of the best products to sell because there's a lot of value packed in a small package. Um, then, but like you ended up creating your own formula. Yeah. How did that come about? So it, it came about very naturally. So I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about any, uh, any of that. I was just a really good engineer. And, um, and I said, okay, like, you know, based on Robert Kiyosaki, starting a business is, is the way out. And, and I wanted to do something. And I said, naturally, well, actually, I was on vacation with my dad and, and I was doing a, sh- a lot of research on supplements and just for me to consume. And he said, why don't you make your own? And that, that kind of sparked the whole thing. So that's how I, I got into thinking, well, well, what if I did make my own? And, and so eventually I said, okay, like, what do I need right now as a supplement that I can create for myself? 
and I needed a really good uh, like electrolyte performance enhancing supplement. I was I'm an MMA fighter. I was training, you know, three hours a day at the gym, sweating so much, and 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 you know you get tired and you feel the burn. And I said I need to replenish these electrolytes, and I need something that can help me push harder at the gym. And obviously, I'm always reading articles like you know, uh, what can I do this? You know, what, what, what were cyclists using to dope back in the seventies, you know, things like that. <laughs> and, and, uh, but like naturally, like it, yeah. there is like a glycomax. I think if someone looks it up uh, or hydromax, if someone looks it up, it's actually like le- legal, fully legal, but you know, uh, cyclists used to use it to dope because it can fill your body so much with water. So um, anyways, I said, okay, what do I want to make for myself? And so I did a, a lot of research and I made that electrolyte uh, you know, performance enhancing supplement. And, uh, you know, I tested out people at the gym uh, who were training with me. I didn't tell them it was my company and they all loved it. And I said, okay, that's, you know, I validated it. It, It's a good product. Now let me sell it. And so I started off selling it, um, like to gyms, like I was going gym to gym, supplement store, supplement store, uh, trying to convince them. And I have zero sales experience. So it was no, 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 no. And, and I mean, can you blame them? It was a, a little, uh, you know, golden bag with a sticker on it. And it all horrible. Didn't pay a lot of money for graphic design, all this stuff. So I said, man, why am I doing this? I buy all of my supplements on Amazon. Why am I like doing all of this like tedious work? And so I said, uh, you know, like this doesn't make any sense. But I but I did not think that I could sell on Amazon. I thought it was it was impossible. And, um, and then I went to this conference, like when I had posted on Facebook about my whole business, Someone said, hey, I have an MMA event. Come, I'll get you a booth for free. So I made a bunch of products, got a banner from Vistaprint, went there. I sold 25 out of the 40 that I made. And when people asked me, like, where can I buy it? After not having a good answer, eventually I lied and I said, it's going to be on Amazon soon. And uh, then I went home. I said, okay, I have to figure this out. I have to get it on Amazon. Like, the, And that's how pretty much I got into Amazon. I had no idea like there was groups or coaches or, and I, there really wasn't anything. I mean, there was like a couple like gurus back then. Uh, there was maybe ASM. That's it. That's all that yeah. there was. And, and um, so I said, you know, I just got to figure this thing out. And, and it was a lot of trial and error, but that's how I got into supplements. It's very natural. Like I got into supplements because I created something that I wanted to, for me to use yeah. that is going to make my life better. Not because I wanted to make money. Right. So I've got like two or three questions on your story. Uh, some about supplements. Um, <clears throat> so how much do you think of your early sales were coming from, you know, your, uh, your, you know, your sweat equity that like, you know, showing up and like bring, and bringing the product in front of people? Uh, minimal, minimal. I mean, I, when I was going like gym to gym, no one was buying. Well, but, uh, a lot but, of people. But yeah. were they? Were they eventually? Were any people in in your interactions eventually going to Amazon to buy it? Maybe, maybe ten or twenty friends total. I, yeah. I mean, I, I eventually, I eventually, I made a list of a hundred people that I knew, and I incentivized them to buy it on Amazon. But no one, like out of people who just naturally bought my product in the early days, maybe ten or twenty people. Uh-huh. And um, like most of my sales, I remember this. Uh, I was cranking $100 a day on Amazon PPC, not knowing I was just like auto, you know, and not, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about PPC and, uh, and I was getting 10 sales a day and it was all like Ohio, Kansas, Nebraska, Wisconsin, yeah. Florida. And so the 99% of all of my sales are like 
people okay. I've never seen. That, yeah. That, yeah. So, um, you know, you're, you're just testing the Amazon marketplace by itself and that's kind of how you grew to success. So, but you know, you're throwing a lot of money at PPC. That was, uh, you know, somewhat of a gutsy move to, to put it, so was. Um, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was like, Mina, what are you doing? Dude, this is a hundred dollars a day. But then I, I ran the numbers like real quick in my head. I was like, okay, but I'm selling 10 units a day. And so 10, it's $10 profit per unit. So it's a hundred dollars or whatever. So I'm like not making any money. Let's see how it goes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, my calculations yeah. were wrong. I was losing money, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, yeah. But it's it, obviously, it, you know, it pays in the long run. Like we know that PPC can be a long strategy of its own. And um, in fact, it could be one of the best. Um, now, you obviously grew over the next uh, while. Like, was it a su sudden success or like a slow grind? No, it was a very slow grind, very slow and very painful grind. And it was, uh, it, it always felt like I, there, at any point in time, if you picked up the phone and called me, I said that uh, like there was something, there was a problem going on. But after like the fifth or sixth problem, it's it kind of became okay. I get it now. Like this is this is kind of part of it. Like this is part of the, what I signed up for. Because I mean, uh, to think about it, when I was an an engineer, every day there was something. Every day someone sent an email. I need this urgently, whatever. And so it was kind of the same with this business. It was it was a grind, and every day it was like. This is this is suspended. This image is whatever. This this happened. Uh, these twenty products are defective. You got returns. You got a negative customer experience. So it was a very slow grind, and it was um, you know it was really an obsession. I spent I would say six months because in those six months uh, to explain to everyone my situation, I was incredibly like desperate to leave my corporate job and i was very depressed like i uh, i don't want to say like depressed because some people actually have like severe depression i was just very 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 unhappy with yeah my you, you you weren't you weren't very motivated yeah and uh, so i really like i i really with with a lot of like desperation wanted to get out of my job and so i was completely obsessed with doing whatever learning everything absolutely consuming every piece of content if it was going to get me out of that. what was your favorite piece of content I mean, like, what, who, who did you learn the, from? The, the most uh, that I ever learned from was a conference that Tenuity, uh, Tenuity is a big agency based out of San Diego. Yep. They they had this uh, conference in New York City. I, I It was a big risk for me because I put $300 down for, uh, for a conference. Obviously, guys, this is, you know, nothing. It's, it's definitely worth the investment. But me, a corporate guy, nine to five, I was like $300 a lot. I put the money down. I went there. And I basically got, I want to say, 18 hours worth of consultations from these experts who people have spent millions of dollars on Amazon and other founders who are making tens of millions on Amazon. And I would literally just go one, one person to the next. Hey, like, can I ask you a question about this? And I would just writing answers. I filled the notebook so thick. And I remember I was on the train ride back to uh, Connecticut from New York City. And I was going through my notes and I was like, wow, like I have this whole thing of actionable stuff you know, act things that I can, you know, yeah. do. And, 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 uh, that was the most I've ever learned from anything. Um, because it was so condensed and it was learning yeah. from people who have gone through all of the, the no, no, no. You, you were hitting, you were the best attendee of that conference. That's exactly yeah. how you should hit that stuff. The way they like, and you soaked up all the value. Um, mm -hmm. okay. So supplements, um, you know, you created a new formula. I think a, a lot of supplements out there, 
they actually are based off of other existing formulas. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell, tell, us, tell me a little bit about like that. If I'm going to launch like my own supplements company, which I'm never going to do, but like, um, what's the trade-offs there? What, do you, like, what should I be thinking about? Yeah. So, so basically the, there's uh, two ways to go about it. You either like you go to some manufacturing uh, supplement manufacturers or private labels, whatever, they'll have a sheet of stock products and they'll say, we have our omega and our energy formula and our weight loss formula and this and that. And it's like two pages of, of these like off the shelf. And you can take that exact formula and just put your graphic design on it and say it's Mina's or Scott's company, whatever, this is my formula. Now, these ones are nice because you can start with low minimums, 300, 500 units, whatever, uh, you know, and it's very easy. Lead times are super quick because they're already off the shelf. It's it's uh, it's simple. I definitely hate that because it's uh you know it's pretty much your your marketing trash to people and trying to you're not you're not adding anything to the marketplace. Yeah, you're not adding any value. Yeah. Now the the more difficult route, which is you know or the, I thought the only route is you come up with a better solution to a problem. And so the you know the problem, let's say for example, I have low energy. I come up with a better solution. I come up with maybe a, an energy uh, supplement that is vegan and maybe organic or whatever, you know, whatever is like missing out of the market and maybe also boosts like your concentration or maybe also enhances uh, or doesn't mess up your how sleep. Chal- how, like ch- how challenging is that to like, you know, kind of tweak and make your own formula or like make something, you know. So this for me, the steps are, uh, you know, I very clearly identify what the problem is and I look at everyone else's, you know, uh, like, um, you know, what they fell short. So I look at everyone's one star reviews. I look at what people are complaining about in the marketplace. And then I have a very clear uh, idea of the solution that I want to create. Then it's simply going and looking at all of the ingredients that can solve that problem. And, and w- what synergies can I create? So sometimes like caffeine and L-thionine are synergistic. So Caffeine alone, L-thionine alone, both of them have benefits together. They have more benefits than each one alone added, you know? So it's, it's I find all the synergies. Um, I come up with a base formula. Uh, I, I then order the ingredients. I test it. It works on me. I th- everything's good. I give it to other people. It works on them. But this is no flavor. This is just straight up supplement. Then I go to the manufacturing and I say, okay, th- this is a great formula. But sometimes it can't be, it can't taste great. So then there's a lot of back and forth between, okay, I can make it taste great, but we have to cut the L-thionine in half. I'm like, come on, man. I really want like, you know, a decent amount of L-thionine. And who, so it's a, who, who, wait, who, so be more, who are you talking to? Um, the manufacturer. So, did, so the manufacturer uh, is what flavors it. Or, or you can go to a flavor house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So people like help with this specific. Flavoring is massive, dude. So the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that I did was I was so stringent with my formula and I said, nah, flavor can come second. I need this to be very effective. And I, it was just like negative reviews, negative reviews. This tastes horrible. This tastes bad. This tastes like this. And then I realized people care more about flavor than they do about the effectiveness of the product. But obviously I'm not going to, you know, completely like yeah. let go of my morals. No, no, I hear you. But like, think about it. Like, you know, when you are you're creating a new habit. Yeah. Of like, you know, you eating a food, like, I guess you just want to like it. That yeah. helps, it helps reinforce that habit. I, I have some, I have some supplements and they t- don't taste good, 
I, I don't take them every day, you know? So um, it's, it's, I agree a hundred percent. Like, you know, it needs to taste good. So I completely shifted. And now it's like a conversation. Hey, here's a base formula. Here's what I wanted to do. Let's flavor it. And then it's a back and forth with, you know, what can I sacrifice and, and what can I compromise on in order to make it taste great? And then it's like a, a few rounds of, of flavor samples. And then I'm like, okay, we have the, you know, the final flavor manufacturing. Because, uh, because you know, it's not just adding flavoring. You need to add a few other, uh, you know, ingredients to kind of make this the formula solid, uh, like citric acid, ascorbic acid, things like that, malic acid. And so at the end, you get the, the final formula and, and uh, that's pretty much it. You know, that's how you go from zero to, to a formula. Yeah. So um, I'm just really curious about this. You know, um, uh, it's probably not super relevant to like every Amazon seller because not everyone's going to be creating, but I've never heard that process laid out. That's way cool. How many of your new purchases do you think are from returning users or sorry, uh, shoppers or like new ones? Like what's, what, what's kind of your split? Do you think? Uh, I, I calculated it. So it's 80, 80% new 20% uh, return. Okay. On, on, on Amazon. Now on uh, my Shopify direct to consumer, it's way more return. And I have a lot more subscribe. Like I have maybe 30% of my customers are subscribe and save. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, cause I really push subscribe and save on, you know, you can't, push as much uh, because you can't really do anything on Amazon other than just have subscribe and save there. Yeah. Um, do you, how much do you discount? Uh, do 20%. You, 20%. Yeah. 20% if they subscribe and save because the lifetime value is there, yeah. you know, uh, it's pure profit after the first purchase and the average like amount of months people stay are like three, three or four months. Okay. Um, that's a good, I've never, I've actually talked with anyone that's really talked about subscribe and save. You're saying that on average, people will stick around with subscribe and save, subscribe and save for just a few months. Yeah. Three or four months is what I'm seeing right now on, on my uh, Shopify and um, on my Amazon, it's pretty consistent. So it, it's kind of, um, you know, it hasn't really been growing that much, but it's been staying pretty consistent. And I would say it's 10% of my revenue. Around around ten percent of my revenue is a subscription, and it's been ten percent very consistently. On the direct to consumer, I, I can act, like see all of the statistics very clearly. So they stick around for about three to four months. I acquire them once, you know, and and uh, whatever with ads, and then you know I give them twenty percent off, and then the the three other times that they get the product, it's a hundred hundred percent like all profit. So, um, all right. Well, um, your A costs must be pretty high. Um, are you finding more success? Like, uh, just tell us a little bit about your strategy. Are you do? Are you thinking long term keywords, or are you hitting yeah. like? Are you getting slaughtered on just by doing you know like you know a workout supplement? <laughs> yeah. So, so good question. There's. The first thing that you mentioned, long tail uh, keywords, yes, 100%. So I have, I'm launching, I have my auto, I'm launching broad and phrase campaigns very, very, very regularly and, and finding new keywords. And as much as possible, I'm launching, uh, you know, as many keywords as possible, especially long term, long tail keywords. And, and that's where you can really be profitable is the long tail. Now, in the, in the, 
in the short main keywords, there's two types. There's the ones that really don't matter. And then the, there's the ones that drive most of the sales. An easy way, if you go into your bulk sheets, you can actually just do a quick equation and you can do equals the sales of that one keyword divided by the total sales of all keywords. And then you can see the percentage of sales that this, this one keyword drives. Some of them, like for me, anything above 5%, I consider that uh, like a main sales driver. And I'm like, it's, it's fine if that's 90% ACOS because it's driving a lot. Maybe if I want to optimize it, I'll like, like very like two or three cents lower the bid. Maybe I'm overspending a little bit, but those ones are super sensitive. So I'm okay spending more on those because they're driving a significant amount of sales. I've once made the mistake of lowering it significantly. I'm like, this is 90% ACOS. Let's cut it in half, lower the bid. But because it was driving so much of my sales, uh, you know, it, it really impacted my sales. And so yeah. I actually went in and I went in campaign manager. I clicked on that campaign and I saw the impressions go from like here all the way down and, you know, direct correlation to my sales. And I, I realized that was one of the campaigns that I lowered the bid aggressively for, but then it was actually driving a lot of my sales. And even if you're paying 100% ACOS, it, do you think it's more? It, do you think the value is more in finding a you know a, a potentially recurring customer, or is the value in you know it's the organic? The value is in the organic. Okay. So, so big, right. big strong keywords like that they will also overspill into organic. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Well. Um, one reason I wanted to catch you, Mina, right now is you're actually going to be talking uh, ASGTG next week, which by the time this is like, you know, the audience is listening to this, uh, it'll be in the past. And so maybe they could come and like, you know, uh, purchase a recording of, of what they, it yeah. is. But what, what are you going to what give us a, give us a preview of what you're going to talk about? So it's going to be the, the most comprehensive PPC talk ever. Um, so I've really put like, a hundred percent into the stock. I think it's going to be the best talk about PPC anyone's ever ever given on any presentation. <laughs> it's uh, no, I'm 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 serious. I can back it how up. How much How much time did they give you? I told them like I need the full hour, maybe a little bit more. And I said I want to be early on when people are still fresh because it's going to be pretty intense. And it's literally like a walk of you know understanding PPC KPIs to the exact like step by step stuff that I do on my account like if you if you go through the presentation you can literally do exactly everything i do to this talking about options like what are your options uh, you know doing it yourself uh, software va agency you know a full-time employee like all of these things everything is covered anything to do with ppc is is uh covered in there wow. you know when should you do this when should you do that understanding this there's flow charts there's recordings everything you know i i hit those options a lot like you know um, you know, we use a tool, I've got a different employees. I have one here in the States, you know, and like, I'm like, well, I, I use VAs, but should I use a VA for PPC? Because, you know, uh, it's Very important. It's extra attention. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an insight that a computer can't always do. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll make sure that, you know, I'm sitting there paying attention. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is I've been through everything. Like I've, as a brand owner, I've been through doing it myself, trying to get a VA to do it, software, uh, you know, VA plus software, uh, hiring an agency, everything. Like I've been through the whole process 
and then I've gone to, to become very, very good and an expert at PPC. So I can kind of, and really there's no right answer. It's just understanding, you know, the pros and cons at every single stage and, and uh, you know, what you can do. Because some people say, listen, like there's no way I can afford an agency. And so, you know, you will, you have a couple other options in that case. And so it's just really about understanding the options and, and what you, your situation is and, and uh, you know, making the best of it. Absolutely. Um, well, if you were starting uh, a supplement brand today, what would you do? Okay, so the loaded <laughs> question. Um, first thing is, I would get very, very, very clear on uh, my customer and exactly what they look like, exactly who I'm marketing to, and I would understand, you know, exactly the problems that I'm trying to solve. Then I would come up with a, a the solution for that customer. Uh, a solution to a problem that's better than everyone else's solution. And I would make sure that that customer, you know, or whoever, wherever the, these customers are, so if it's like pregnant moms, for example, I would hang out where the pregnant moms are and make them tell me what they need. So it's, it's instead of, I think that, you know, having this product is going to help a lot of people. It's like, these people are telling me, I would love to have this. And, and it's kind of like reverse engineering, uh, you know, the way to go about it. And from there, I would, you know, go about regular manufacturing the way I do now, exactly how I laid it out. Uh, I would prioritize flavoring. I would definitely prioritize something um, that you really want to consume. I would probably start with packets versus a container. Um, I, I started with a container because I thought oh, it's normal. You know, I can give you 100 servings in a container. However... With packets, it's so much more that you can do. Um, you can like give out samples at the gyms. You can, you know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. You can do a lot more. I would also not focus on just Amazon. I would definitely use Amazon uh, and and do the full thing right it, right off the bat. Try and get reviews, PPC, the whole thing. But I would definitely drive external traffic off the bat. Build uh, an email list as fast as I can. I would actually build an SMS list uh, first. Like I would do my best to build an SMS list. Oh yeah. SMS is right now crushing it. Uh, I've been using via how, customers. And how do you, how do you build an SMS list? It, the same way you do a, 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 an email list, except you send them to uh, SMS. And so a lot of lead magnets. So whatever you think, uh, you know, I could do, let's say it's, uh, it's um, you know, for CrossFit. What I could do is I could pay like a, a famous CrossFitter and tell her, uh, or him, can we do a webinar together on, on, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, and just basically have the people sign up with their name and, and email, uh, and, and a phone number, and then they would all go into an SMS list. And, and, um, you know, I would do it like that. Like that's a lead magnet. You know, you can use ex experts because uh, a really good book to read, by the way, about branding is uh, creating a story brand by Donald Miller. And he says like, you need to position yourself as the guide in uh, the you know your customer story, and the customer is the hero, and you're the guide. So you know being an authority and bringing these authorities is a very easy way you know to to bring these you know heroes in and say, hey, I'm a guide, and and you're a hero, and you know let me guide you, uh, like you know Yoda and, and Skywalker type of thing. Um, yeah, so things like that, you know, lead, just lead magnets like that. Um. And do you think there's lots of opportunity for new supplement brands out there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
there's so much opportunity. I mean, the world uh, needs innovation. There, it, it, like long gone are the days where you can, um, you know, you see uh, my brand and then you maybe make something similar and change a couple of things. No, like that's not going to work anymore. Uh, if you innovate and if you come up with better solutions, there's always a place for you. You know, it, it, like it, it's never going to go away. Like it, it, everything, everything that we have, it's just like who's going to innovate now? You know, cars, it's, you know, people have been making cars for, you know, decades now or whatever. And, you know, it's still new cars are coming out and it's people, the people who are innovating that are winning. And Elon Musk came up with electric cars and, you know, he's winning it, but cars have been around since forever. And so I think there's always room for people to create new supplements. As long as you're innovating, you're coming up with better solutions. There's always a place for you. Well, I really like that perspective. I think I'm used to hearing people saying like, oh my goodness, like supplements are like, it's just like a, a you get slaughtered or people just like want to avoid it. But I think you kind of gave a pretty good playbook, you know, just right here in this yeah. podcast of how to launch, what the what the pros are, what the cons are, like, you know, so people know what uh, to to expect. That's that's pretty helpful. Yeah. And, and you can tell right off the bat by your conversion rate. So for me, like my supplements, uh, you know, my unit session percentage after like maybe five, five or 10 reviews was 30%, which tells you like, you know, this product is, uh, people like it, you know, also understand, uh, you know, Amazon is becoming more and more a place for, you know, competitive pricing. So that's also something to keep in mind. Don't uh, come up with, you know, athletic greens. They have like a $98 30-day serving of like greens. And, um, you know, so you can't do that on Amazon, for example. Like you, you can do that off Amazon and build you know, this whole like relationship with the customer and then finally convince them to buy this expensive product from you. But on Amazon, as long as your price is somewhat competitive, there's room for you. It's, you know, and and uh, you just have to make sure that your product is converting right off the bat. And if it's not, it could be a sign. Hey, you know, people don't really like your product. And so that's why I mentioned prices, because if your conversion rate is low, the first thing that I would test is lowering your price to whatever the competitive prices are. If it's like 20 is the low, maybe try 21, 22. And um, if you're still not converting as well, then you just fundamentally have a problem with your product. It's not convincing people enough. I hear you. Yeah. I guess turns out you have to convince people to take their money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. Well, um, Mina, I'm like, I'm, I think your story is actually pretty interesting. It's... Uh, I, I love like the desperation and, you know, the sincerity of like launching your own product. Like, you know, that's the story that we hear a lot, but like when you feel it, when you go through it, it's, it's real. And that's uh, pretty great. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a bad time. It was definitely <laughs> a, a time I don't want to think too much about, but it really, I'm thankful. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people say uh, like, if you could go back in time and I say, Honestly, man, I feel like I needed that. I needed to hit like that bottom uh, because it gave me that like hunger, uh, you know, and, and like you said, the desperation that I really needed to get out of that hole. And um, I wouldn't have been as obsessed if I had a nice, uh, you know, I, and, and I see this. I see some people, they have like these nice, comfortable jobs and they're like, yeah, I'm working on my Amazon business and it's been two years and I, you know, I don't see any change. And I'm like, yeah, man, maybe your life needs to suck more like mine did. Uh, 
um, for you to, and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Like it's, no, no, no. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, because I've seen, you know, our businesses have some peaks and valleys and like those valleys have like shaped me. Um, I mean, I, yes. and, and to be like candid, like maybe not desperation, but like, you know, I started a podcast just out of just like, I have to like figure a few things out. I have to like, you know, learn about marketing. I'm a software developer. And um, so this podcast forces me out of my shell in a lot of ways. And like, I learned so much, um, especially, I mean, your story is is a, is a perfect example. Um, uh, Mina, thanks for so much for like coming on uh, the podcast, sharing your story. Um, if people want to get uh, reach out to you, what's the best way? So best way to reach out to me is uh, Mina Elias on Facebook, M-I-N-A, last name E-L-I-A-S. Uh, Instagram at Egyptian underscore prescription underscore Elias. And uh, LinkedIn, Mina Elias as well. One thing I want to, uh, oh yeah. So the ppcuniversity.com, I have a couple like $1 courses on there. I was just telling Scott, it's a dollar <laughs> because I, it, when it was free, like there was, yeah. a, I don't know, a lot of like low quality people. And, and I, um, I told him so that like, it's like, it's like, if you <laughs> mention that on the podcast, because like, you know, yeah. if you just pay $1, friend, then all of a sudden yeah. you're dealing with people that want to actually start a business. Exactly. Yeah. That's a friend told me, he's like, just make it a dollar. And, and then you weed out all the people who aren't really serious and uh, it magically it worked. So it's, but it's really good content. One is for PPC. One is generally everything Amazon. Also, um, I have the fbachallenge.com. So something me and Sam are worked on. Basically, we wanted to add value to the community. And, uh, you know, you asked me, you're like, Mina, what's like the playbook to like launch a supplement? So we actually came up with a step-by-step like instructional of us launching our own. It's a nootropic coffee alternative called Cogneuro. So how we like came up with the idea, everything like packaging, design, UPC codes, the LLC, everything. Yeah. Um, Wait, what's it? What's it called? Cogner. I mean, what does it do? It's a, so it's a nootropic coffee alternative. So basically, for people who love coffee, they and they love like all the the benefits, the focus, but they hate like the jitteriness, messes with your sleep, uh, makes you anxious. So we wanted to come up with an alternative. So it's a, it's a nootropic coffee alternative. Basically, it tastes like hot cocoa. It tastes like incredible, and because flavor is number one, I learned that the hard way. Um, and, and, uh, basically like it gives you energy, it helps you focus. So we have like Gurana and, and, uh, you know, uh, and to give you like uh, natural caffeine, we have ashwagandha for like your adaptogens to help, you know, replenish your adrenals. We have, um, lion's mane, cordyceps and reishi for focus. So it's like, a, it has mushrooms. It's a whole blend. We added coconut cream in there. So it's almost like bulletproof. Like instead of getting that spike of caffeine, you get a slow and steady release of the caffeine and it's natural source of caffeine too. So we came up with something like definitely I needed it because I love coffee, but I know I would get addicted and you don't really get addicted to, to Cogneuro. Um, and then my Samer, my friend, he said like if he'd have coffee after noon, uh, like after 12 p.m., he would like not sleep. So we said, okay, we needed to come up with a, a better alternative. And so we just document the whole thing. We launched it on Kickstarter with a goal of like 5,000. We, we raised 12,500 and we just document. There's like a video of every single step of the way. 
basically, if you ever want to start an Amazon business and you kind of just want to watch two people do it and then see what happens, and then like you can you can replicate and and you know save all the mistakes that we did. That's pretty much that'd be a challenge. And we reached out to like I don't know if you know Gatida, uh, Ping Pong Payments, Thrasio, um, like to sponsor the whole thing. And so they gave us some money so we can basically in front of everyone test everything that we wanted to. Like we we used Pickful. Pickful gave us like a lot of free split tests, and they said show everyone you know, what happens when you split this. And so we split test the size of the logo. We split test the, the size of the name and all of these things. And wait, you, where, where is this one at? This is uh... the FBA challenge.com. All right. I love it. Um, yeah. I, I actually really like, um, you know, watching a good old product launch because yeah. I mean, every, there, there's so much to break down. Um, and this is a real, like I, we saw Project X and, and I, I love Project X. The issue with Project X is it's a coffin, it, like a coffin shelf. And I said, people like, I don't know, like it's cool. Like you did some research and stuff and you found like this unique uh, idea, but we wanted to make it more relatable. Like this is something we're going to use in our lives versus like most people are not going to use a coffin shelf. Uh, but, but again, like, you know, uh, he, Project X was a great idea and it worked out amazing. Uh-huh. We just wanted to do something that, us, like me, you, we could all use. Yep. Thank you so much for coming in and, and talking. I look forward to seeing you next week at ASGTG. Um, I'll awesome. be there. And um, anyone that uh, wants to reach out, he's open. Um, so that wraps up today's episode, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, make sure you uh, subscribe and uh, hit that rating button, all those things. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, everyone. And uh, take care. One, two, three.